0: Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to RoeBody. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market.
1: Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah.
0: Do you have a topic that you'd like to hear more about or a relationship question you'd like answered? Email us at info at com, and we'll be sure to add it to one of our upcoming episodes. We're excited to introduce our guest today, Edward Caligros. Did I get it somewhere right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's Caligros. Uh, All
0: right. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us today. We're so excited to have you on.
1: Hey, Edward. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank you so much for, for having me here.
2: Edward Cayergos is a licensed associate marriage and family therapist. Edward is a graduate of the Arizona State University Marriage and Family Therapy Program. He is an adjunct instructor at Mesa Community College and a clinical supervisor at an agency for mandated clients and families. Edward specializes in high conflict couples and families who are questioning divorce or uncertainty regarding their relationship. He lives in Arizona with his wife and three kids.
0: We've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships.
1: Sure. Um, I I uh, began uh, my uh, journey into marriage and family therapy uh, really just uh, searching to, to find a, a purpose in helping others. and. Uh, I tried, uh, I thought about law enforcement, I thought about firefighting, I thought about uh, nursing, doing anything that would uh, help out others. And as I began to study um, COM 100, I think it was COM 101, uh, I began to have a real interest in how people related to each other. And then I started realizing how important communication and relationships were, not just in the workplace, not just uh, and those types of areas, but really a lot in the relationship piece for future generations and society. So that really sparked my interest. And as I, uh, continue to take more communication classes, I realized, okay, I, I want to do something with this. Um, and so, uh, I searched around and I found a marriage and family therapy program at Arizona State University. And, uh, fell in love with it. It's an amazing program and uh it's an amazing work uh working with couples and, and families.
2: That's that's really interesting. You're getting ready to trying to help people. You want firefighter, policeman, mm-hmm. I think that's so honorable and then and then you ended up in uh therapy. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely different. Um most of my family some of my family are really into law enforcement and so that's where the bug kinda of started. Um, and then uh, I went a different
2: route. Oh, cool. So you, you guys are all helping out. Yep, yep, we are. Well, I think we're going to help our listeners here today with a topic that pretty much any relationship is going to go through, uh, whether you're married or dating, and it's conflict in a relationship. And we're just going to dive right in. We, we've we all been there. We We have an argument. And so I'm going to ask you, is conflict a bad thing?
1: Right. Uh, yeah, conflict is definitely not a bad thing. That's actually one of the axioms that we that we teach and uh, something I teach in the psychoeducation piece in marriage and family therapy when I'm working with a couple is that conflict is inevitable, conflict will happen, and conflict can be uh, a real a real source of, of growth for the couple or the relationship.
2: Is there a time when conflict might be getting in the way and and that there's just too much? Like, how do you know if what's healthy conflict and what's really shouldn't be happening?
1: Right. So healthy conflict brings people together to solve a problem. That's that's healthy conflict. Uh, Bad conflict um, does not bring people together, but just keeps pushing them apart. So if you're having a conflict and you're both coming together and saying, hmm, how do we figure this out? That's a good conflict. If you're having a conflict and you're saying, You're wrong, I'm right, you're a jerk, you know, you're stupid, those types of things, but conflict is is no is no bueno at that point.
2: Okay.
0: In your article there are three different types of relationships and really three different types of conflicts that people can, I guess you can say, relate to, but how how they deal with conflict. Do you mind going over maybe each of those conflicts? And I can start off with the first relationship type of conflict where people bury their conflicts and don't talk about it. Do you mind uh, giving us a little bit more information and some information that our listeners may be able to relate to?
1: Sure, absolutely. Uh, so that actually came from a, a thought um, another colleague of mine shared regarding conflict uh they she shared that she was at a uh she went on a date with her husband um and they were both therapists they're they are both therapists and they went out to, to dinner and they met up with two other another couple uh and they sat down and the other couple asked them they said you know you guys are therapists you guys must never have a problem at all Everything should be great. And they said, well, actually, we got into a discussion, you know, on, on the way here. And so the other couple was, you know, astonished and said, oh my gosh, we never fight, you know, all these things. Well, a week later, uh, my friend received a phone call from the other friend saying, we're, we're getting divorced. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it kind of, I mean, there's very, there's a lot of variables to that story, but what we took from it was the fact that if, People aren't, you can go through life saying we don't have conflict. And that simply may be that you are not communicating, that you're not talking about things, that you're keeping things buried in. Um, and uh, and so a lot of times people bury their conflict. And there can be a variety of reasons for that. One is that they don't feel safe in a relationship. And so if they don't feel safe in a relationship, they're not going to share that something bothers them. And eventually that can become something that, really eats away at them, and they start feeling bitter and angry towards, uh, towards their spouse or their, or their, uh, their partner. And uh, that leads to, you know, higher levels of conflict in the relationship. So that's, the, that's the burying part. People bury it, pretend like it's not there, um, due to usually not feeling safe in the rel- relationship or not knowing how to express themselves, not knowing how to share what they want, what they're needing.
2: And can you give our listeners an example of a couple that, that may be bearing their conflict, a an important step they can do to try to address it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you have, for example, um, uh, let's see, this example came up recently. You have a, a wife whose husband is, is the main provider, for example, and he's working. Uh, he gets home various times. Uh, They're not really clear on his schedule because um, of the nature of his work. And so you have a a wife who is constantly dealing with the children, putting them down, not knowing when her husband's going to get home. And this is something that, for her, is is anxiety-provoking. It doesn't make her feel... It makes her feel alone. And so she could... um, just continue to to just bury that feeling and when he comes home you know and say hi and um you know kind of ignore him in the way and and he would just figure that she's tired and and probably just you know go about his his routine for that night and so on and on that goes uh, until she says enough's enough maybe he comes home and the kids aren't there and she's not there anymore Or in other cases, there's an infidelity that occurs or something else occurs. Um, So that's an example of how burying it, uh, something could lead to something um, pretty extreme in a relationship where all that really needed to happen was for her to feel safe enough to say to him, you know what, I'm having a problem with this. You know, I'm, I'm feeling kind of second class. I'm... I'm feeling hurt, Um, I'm feeling alone, I feel overwhelmed. Um, And a lot of that has to do with how he's going to react to that and what he's going to say. And obviously, um, we work, or I work really hard with the couples to help them kind of connect that emotional level, connect to um, the primary emotions that that both are feeling at that time. Um, because there's another side to that, right? He's working really hard. He's trying to provide for his family. Um, he, she may say this. That may make him feel like maybe she's taking him for granted. She doesn't understand what he's going through, but it's not that. It's the fact that right now his wife is needing him. Right now his wife is feeling, um, feeling alone, and he needs to be there for her. So a lot of it has to do with the couple really... Um, seeking to really understand each other, and sacrificing. And that's one thing that I talk to a lot of couples about, is that love is sacrifice. Sacrifice is love. Um, you know, in Christianity, there's, a, there's the symbol of love is, you know, Jesus Christ, and how he, he sacrificed himself for us. Well, the sacrifice done wouldn't be worth anything if it was easy and of course according to christianity the sacrifice that christ did was was a uh, monumental sacrifice sacrificing yourself um because you know, due to the fact that you didn't do anything you didn't do anything wrong but yet you're sacrificing yourself for others and so in the same thing in a relationship sometimes you're kind of have to sacrifice yourself a little bit um for love because you love the person And so that's that's my quick Try to, my my example of uh, trying to be
2: quick with the yeah. answer. No, yeah, no, it's great. And so, if you feel like you're burying the conflict in a relationship, make a sacrifice, bring it to the forefront, and don't continue to bury it because it's just going to blow up. And whether it's an affair or uh, ends up in a divorce or just constant arguing, so keep those communication lines open and address the conflict. Which leads us into our next type of relationship with conflict is where the conflict is actually burying the couple. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this is this is the couple that really um, they have given up. They've given up hope, um, and they have uh, they have turned to um, utilizing strategies of, for example. Um, criticism and blame, um, they're using aggressive tactics of pretty much anger and conflict has taken over the relationship. It's no longer them anymore. It's, it's just pride. It's anger. It's this vicious, viscousness vicious, of, of just um, hatred towards each other. Um, and conflict overwhelms them to the point where they feel that there's no way to turn back that there is, there is no way to get back to where they were. And so conflict uh, buries them. And it's, it's really a sad thing to see that happen um, because as we do timelines and talk uh, talk to couples regarding what, uh, what their life was like before, um, you can see how there was so much love, um, there's so much uh, seeking understanding, but something happened that just, uh, completely um, make conflict overcome them. Hmm. So that's uh, that's usually what happens in, in that situation.
0: Now, do you have any advice for those couples? Anything to help them overcome that issue?
1: Absolutely. So, couples that are that are in that type of situation, um, one of the biggest things that they they need to do is one of them needs to want to stop it and that's tough. But one of them needs to make the decision that their relationship, that their marriage is is worth um, working on it, and once again, um, creating a, a safe place so that they can um, communicate and dialogue about some of the hurts that are going on. Usually in, in these high-conflict situations, where conflict is burying the couple, there's a lot of anger. and one of the important things for couples to understand is is what is anger in that type of situation. And um, I remember it was Halloween I asked my son, I said, we talk a lot about anger and different types of things in my home. And I said to him, "You know, so describe to him what's anger and he's four and he said, anger is a, is a is a costume
0: and uh, And he
1: fell asleep uh, after that. but I thought that was so important because it is. Anger is a costume, and and one thing that I really want couples to understand is that when their spouse is angry, when they're angry, anger is just a costume. That's not really what is going on. What's really going on is underneath the costume. It's the pain. It's the hurt. Those things are the things that are happening. So whenever you see your spouse angry or you see your little brother or or your son angry and they're throwing down their book bag or whatever it is, Stop and think for a moment and understand that there's something else behind that. It's not that. And if you make the mistake of going after the anger, all that's going to happen is going to continue to escalate and escalate and escalate. So we have, to, we have to become more aware of what really is fueling the conflict, fueling the anger in that situation. And once you can be aware of that, then you can focus in on, that need um, so someone that is angry. Um, for example, in the previous example I gave regarding the the wife, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, the wife she might be angry at her, at her husband, but really what's going on there is that she's feeling alone. She's feeling she's feeling uh, overwhelmed. Okay, well a husband goes to anger. That's just going to get her even more upset. But if he goes to you know what, I'm sorry you feel alone, or if he goes in and attempts to, to maybe comfort her or to help her feel that she's not alone, then that might be something um, rather than just attacking. Uh,
2: that's, that's great advice for our listeners and for us. And it seems like maybe a good exercise to do is, if you start to feel angry, is take a deep breath, try not to react immediately, and... Understand. Try to come from a place of understanding of why you're feeling angry and what the underlying issues might be, and then try to communicate that.
1: Right, and I guess the the basic format uh, formula, for example, um, because sometimes when you're in that type of conflict situation, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, emotions running through you, obviously, and, and adrenaline and all those things. And that's why it's so important to have sort of like a a plan or a formula. And so the formula that I give my couples when they're first starting out with me is I say to them, you're going to want to define the problem, what's going on and how it impacts you. And this is really basic. This is basic stuff. Um, You know, define a problem, define what's going on um, for you and then how you feel like that is going to be impacting the relationship. And then be solution focused at that point, provide a solution, provide an idea and then check in, genuinely really check in and say, you know, how do you feel about that? What are your thoughts regarding that? Um, And there you go from having a conflict, uh, an argument to a discussion or a conversation regarding what's going on in the relationship. So Chase, you're absolutely right. That's, slowing down is the key. In fact, um my my therapist friends probably are going to get upset when I say that, but that's the majority of what we do as therapists is we just slow them down. I mean, that's the the key part with high conflict couples.
0: Well, I really love that analogy, and we've heard it, you know, a couple times that checking in is so important to relationship. That checking in once a week or even once a day to see where you both are in your relationship and make sure you're both connected at the same level is so important for a successful relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, checking in is, is a huge part of, of the relationship, and, you know, checking in isn't, um, Isn't just you know, hey, how are you doing today? How are you? How are you feeling regarding the relationship? It's in the greeting, and it and it's in the, it's really in the greeting. For example, if I say to you, you know, how was your day? I'm really curious about how your day was. Why? Because your day transforms you. What happened to you throughout the day today has meaning to you in some way. We all grow every day. Uh, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically, we're all growing and learning, and so to really show sincere interest, so the the uh, the phrase "How are you today?" takes on a whole new meaning. You know, um, "How was your day today?" Um, you know, "What were you up to today?" All those things really have a, a more deeper meaning. Really, what you're asking the person is, "How has how have you changed today?" Um, because it's really important. Because as you grow together. Um, environmental, social, all these different um, elements impact who you are and you evolve. And so the same person you marry uh, today will not be the same person you, you're with at the end. Um, they will have developed and evolved. And if you have a sort of a static belief of somebody, then they're rigidity comes in and then you have you know layers and layers of conflict because you're not growing with that person. You're not understanding their development.
2: I I love that example that that you gave of why it's important to check in because we think of it for we're talking about conflict resolving but even if everything is good it, it's just interesting that you bring that up is that we are constantly changing and by checking in it's sort of taking a reading of the new things that are expanding in your life and maybe you have a, a new way of thinking based on an event that happened to you that day and you want to share that with your partner so you guys can grow together yeah that's that's
1: 100 percent true chase uh who you are today to you, to your uh, fiance um, is different than who you will be um, 30 years from now absolutely it's a point do you checking
2: hopefully only only better 30 <laughs> years from now
1: <laughs> that's you right that's right and especially if you guys are um, you know doing all these wonderful things you guys are doing together so I'm, I'm really proud of you guys
0: awesome well thank you thanks. So, the, the last relationship, uh, type of relationship you mentioned, is the couple where conflict is dealt with appropriately. So, that's obviously the ideal way of dealing with communication and conflict. So, I know you've given us a little examples of how to do that. So, just a, another brief example or just an overview of how communication would be dealt with appropriately between a couple.
1: Yeah, I think that. To, to really deal with um, conflict, you have to, number one, not run away from it. Um, so many couples are so scared of actually going there. They think that it's going to ruin everything. And it doesn't have to. Um, Johnny, are you guys familiar with uh, John Gottman? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he teaches the Four Horsemen. You guys are familiar with the Four Horsemen,
2: correct? I am not, No.
1: Okay, so the four horsemen, um, what that is, is that these four things destroy relationships. These are the four things. These are the four culprits that will destroy it. And that is blame, criticism, stonewalling, and contempt. And those are the things that you need to be careful with, and those are the things that you need to be aware of when you're going to be that third relationship, a third couple that really is going to deal with the conflict. Because A, you don't want to stonewall, which means that you don't want to disconfirm someone. Or if they're talking to you about a conflict, walking away from them. Um, that's not cool. And that's not going to help the relationship. you know um, Take, for instance, the example I gave of the, of the wife's waiting for her husband, if she says, you know, I need to talk to you about something and he just walks away and goes into his room or goes into his office, that's disconfirming her, that's devaluing her, her, her voice. Um, a benign example of that would be him sitting there listening to her and then talking about the sports, you know, just kind of changing the subject. That's, that's an example of stonewalling. So a couple really engaged, really focused on, you know, really working on it is not going to be stonewalling. Uh, the next thing is the blaming. You know, it's your fault this is happening. It's your fault that I have to work late hours. It's your fault that I'm alone with the kids. It's your fault, that kind of thing. Um, pointing the finger at each other. That doesn't happen in a relationship where, uh, once again, the conflict is being dealt with and worked on. Um, criticism, criticizing your personality traits, your physical appearance. Criticizing you is something that that destroys relationships as well. And then contempt. Contempt, um, it's a difficult word to define because there's a lot of emotion and feeling behind it. Um, but contempt is that emotion and feeling of just viscous anger towards somebody, this disdain towards somebody. Um, and a lot of times it's found in relationships with... Um, a lot of sarcasm and these things. And and so the relationship or the coupleship that is working on the conflict, that's basically going to take conflict and, uh, and put it down, um, they're going to avoid those four things. When one of them engages in those things, uh, in one of those things, they're going to recognize it, they're going to call it out in a loving way, and they're gonna say we need to stop, right? The person doing it. So if I'm, if all of a sudden a sarcasm slips out of me, I'm gonna rubber band it, which means I'm gonna go ahead and say, you know what? I said that, and that's totally wrong of me to say that. You know, they're not gonna say, well, I didn't mean that. No, they meant what they said. They right. know what they said. You know, don't don't try to don't try to, don't try to go ahead and backtrack there. What you do is you, you, you own up to it and you say, you know what, that's wrong and I shouldn't do that. Let's go back to work on it and working on
2: it. Yeah, it's, it's great information and I want to just go over the four horsemen one more time for our listeners. We have blame, criticism, stonewalling, and contempt. So really trying to recognize that and then following the steps that you've outlined is such a valuable tool to apply to your relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those four things. I mean, if you can manage those things uh, in a conflict, that that's great. I mean, write them up on a board if you're going to deal with something. Write them up on the board and say, we're not going to do those things. Um, and you know what, Chase? Do some relationships have those? I mean, I, I think I might have been sarcastic to my wife this last weekend uh, regarding something. But the important thing is that we rubber band it. We say, you know what? We own up to it. We say, that was wrong with me. Um no relationship is perfect. And those four things are going to be seen a little bit in some relationships. It's just important for us to own up to it, be accountable to it, and and make those changes.
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, great. Thank you for that advice. Uh, very helpful and very relatable t- for us and for our listeners. So thank you. Mm-hmm. What do you find is the most common reason couples struggle in their relationship?
1: You know... um, I think that there's uh, gosh, a number of things that of reasons why couples struggle in a relationship. Um, I would say, um, one of them is, is, is rushing in. Um, you know, relationship is definitely a process, not a race. Um, and Hollywood has this, uh, this, this, the thought of of, uh, they're actually creating some of this right you get you you meet somebody oh my gosh you know and then you get married and or you don't get married and and, you know you're already living with them or those types of things Um, and the question is you know how how is uh, that formula working out for most Hollywood celebrities not not too well Um, and uh, so rushing into things I think is something that a lot of couples need to kind of take a step back and and not rush into um, relationships if they're, not, if they're not aware of certain things. And um, unmet needs, for sure. Like, uh, if, if there's something that you're needing and you're not asking for those things and you have this passive voice and you, you're not being heard, I mean, that definitely leads to struggle. Um, the, the inability for someone to be vulnerable in a relationship, that leads to struggle. You know, not being able to share some of your hurt, um, and uh, pride. Pride is a huge one when it comes down to the struggles, and, and these things that I'm sharing with you guys just comes from the couples that I work with that I see. Um, those are those are the big the big ones that cause a lot of struggle in relationships.
2: Excellent. Well, thank you for that insight. And and it's important to, to recognize these things as they come up and try to address them. Well, now we are going into the his and her round, where Sarah and I each ask a question that's on our minds. Sarah's up first.
0: Okay, my question has to do with one of the four horsemen, which would be stonewalling. And you said an example of somebody uh, or of a couple arguing and one person just walking away. Can that be related to a couple that have two different communication styles. We've gone over with a couple experts having a hot and cold where one person likes to talk about it right away and the other person likes to wait. Is there a good way where somebody can communicate that they have different communication styles without making it feel like the other person's being stonewalled?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Most experts will go ahead and say that there's a difference between stonewalling and a timeout. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they get those things mixed up a little bit. Timeout is completely different than um, a stonewalling. So when we time out, what we're saying is, I want to talk about this. You're important to me. This relationship is important to me. This topic is important to me. But right now, I'm at a point where I don't think I can think straight, or I feel like. I'm not really going to be understanding some of this, so could we check back in in an hour? You know, I'm going to go to the gym. Um, I'll be back, and then we can talk about this again. Um, and so, this is the, the type of conversation that if you're having a timeout, regard you can you're not stonewalling. You're taking a timeout when you're doing that. Um, it requires trust in the relationship, right? Because if I say to you, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to come back. If you don't trust me, you're going to block the door. Um, so that's something to be in, in mindful of is that you guys are going to make a committed uh, decision that if one of you feel that something is not right and you don't want to have a conversation about it at that moment, that you're going to take take a little bit of time, but that you're going to come back.
0: Great. Well, thank you for that. That makes it very clear. And I know our our listeners will be able to use that uh, advice.
2: Uh, My question is regarding conflict and at what point does a couple realize that or take action as far as going to therapy or doing something else when everything that we've talked about doesn't seem to be working where they, they try to address the four horsemen, communicate better, but it's not working. At what point do they try to seek something else like therapy, couples counseling? Gosh,
1: uh, that's a good question. Um, Um, I would say, obviously the, the minute you feel something is impacting both of you and you start having those moments of silence in the home, um, in the relationship, um, I would say that that would be a very, very huge indicator of something going on and that's, that you may need somebody else to intervene and help out. Um, I, I'm a proponent of seeking out therapy even in a healthy relationship. I mean, I have a yeah. couple of uh, couples that come in and say, you know what, we're doing well, we're, we're happy, but we just want to see if we can come in You know, every three months. Or every every six months, just to check in and, and do that stuff, and it's not a problem. But I would say silence is, and the relationship is really an issue. Um, I think that um, when you start um, small bickering discussions, like when you you have discussions about big topics, you know that's that's pretty that's pretty usual. You're gonna have discussions on that. But when you start having smaller these little battles along the way that's definitely a sign that something is not right Some there's some, under, there's some there's some type of pain or hurt underneath it and someone's not being honest and open about it
2: excellent well thank you for that advice well, now it's time for our favorite part of the interview the lasting love round
0: we'll ask you a series of questions and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship
2: We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Ed, are you ready to help us build lasting love?
1: Absolutely.
0: Great. What's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship?
1: Um, I think that what they can, some things that they can do are really explore their values and beliefs. Um, Explore family of origin stories, um, decide on rituals. Um, that they're going to commit to um, for themselves and, and for each other. Uh, those are those are some things that I think uh, couples could do.
2: Is there a book or resource you can recommend for couples?
1: Um, I would recommend Hold Me Tight. I'm sure you guys have been recommended that film, yeah. that that book before mm-hmm. uh, by Doctor. Sue Johnson. But that's a that's a really good book about getting couples, especially in high conflict, to to slow down
0: awesome well that book was it's definitely on one of our read lists so uh we'll have that book listed on your show notes page at I do Podcast and our listeners know to go there to find that awesome resource mm-hmm. we're getting married this year is there any advice you would give engaged couples or newlyweds
1: um i would say the the same thing that i kind of started off saying which is love is sacrifice and sacrifice is love If if it's easy to do um you got you to gotta change it up. And the example I would give with that is that if if it's easy for me to go buy a rose for my wife, um, but it's hard for me to go ahead and wash the dishes, wash the dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's going to mean a lot that's more. Good. Yeah. So.
2: If you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be?
1: Um, I would say... Uh, Having a, having meetings together prior to the start of the week is something that I would give an advice to uh, anybody in a relationship is to get together before the week begins and and really come together and and support each other for what what's what's ahead.
0: Well, That's awesome advice. We love it, and thank you so much. We've really enjoyed hearing all the advice you've given us and our listeners today. So let's finish by having you tell our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Uh, sure. So uh, I'm located at, in Scottsdale, Arizona, um, at eight seven three seven East Via de Comercio um, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Like I said, uh, my phone number is four eight zero. Two zero three seven one six five, And And uh, that's about it. It was a pleasure being here and talking with you guys.
2: Well, our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives.
0: And thank you so much for all your generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today.
1: Uh, thank you for your time and all the great things you guys are doing.
0: Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to IDupodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast.
2: Head on over to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice.
0: Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love?
2: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com.